You are listening to WERA LP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Dance is how I practice curiosity. It is the vehicle through which I'm asking questions about the world and investigating questions about the world. So it's like a vehicle of curiosity almost. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, this is Choose to be Curious, and I am your guest host, Michaela Dwyer. I was the student intern for Choose to be Curious this semester. I study philosophy and dance at American University, two disciplines I find have many more connections than people may first assume. It was actually these connections that inspired the topic for this episode. As I was exploring how curiosity is present in dance improvisation, I felt myself being curious much more often than I expected. I was surprised because I thought curiosity was a nebulous thing that you have to consciously try at. Instead, I found that I practice it every single day when I improvise and dance. Our guest today is Aaron Foreman-Murray, who is a dancer, choreographer, educator, and a professor at American University. Her choreographic work has been shown at New Faces, New Dances, Seed Theatre, and Raw Matters in Austria, and in venues throughout the United States. For three years, she served on the faculty and staff at the Salzburg Experimental Academy of Dance, and she has been on faculty at American University for five years. Welcome, Erin. Thank you for having me. Of course. So first I want to talk about yesterday I took a company class with Erin as a part of the American University Dance Company, and we did this really interesting task. We lied down on the floor, and we tried to roll across the floor with the least initiation possible, or maybe the least action possible. And you mentioned something about like being curious about how your body feels on the floor and how you can move your body across the space with such a little action. So I'm wondering if you could talk about like how you thought up that exercise and how you think that students would be curious in that. Sure. So the topic yesterday was about dynamics and qualities in our dancing. So the question of the day was how, how do we do what we do when we're dancing? Not just the what, but the what's the way in which we're doing it. And so I was trying to set up a new an exercise where students could experience in a very intense and very tactile way sensations in the body using uh, physical contact, in this case with the floor. And so we were, we were lying on the floor because that offers the most surface area, right, and the most immediate physical feedback from, from something tactile or surface. And so the, the prompt the exercise wasn't really about how can we move across the floor with the least amount of effort, but how can we move slowly enough that we get to notice making contact in each moment with the floor. So the idea was that we wanted to experience sensations, tune into sensations in the body, so that we get this feedback, this more, we sort of build the amount of information we have and can make then make more specific choices about what the body's doing based on the feedback that we're getting inside of our body as we dance. So really the exercise was about practicing that experience of tuning into the feedback as our body is moving. So the exercise was to roll across the floor very slowly and 
we wanted to be careful that we weren't doing too much away from the floor to, to sort of draw our attention away from the action of being on the floor. And so I was asking students to, to slow down and to do less. But instead, we were interested in uh, whether the body was already falling as we were rolling. Once we initiate that first roll, what does it actually require to keep that roll going? And this was, I think, what, what you're interested in here, right, is that this was an instance where we had to sort of tune in on a level at which we were uh, really curious in what was happening, uh, curious about what was happening in each moment, moment mm -hmm. to moment. Yeah, and I, after we did that whole exercise, you asked students, like, just to some reflections, and I remember people saying, like, they were interested in how gravity pulled them, and it's, and I noticed even in my own body that I, it does take time, like, it takes, you have to have, like, a few minutes to get into the, the task, and then once you're into that task and into that mindset, then you can really be curious, like, your focus is there, and then you can really be curious about, I was specifically curious about, like, my muscles, how my muscles pulled even against gravity sometimes I thought it was really interesting lovely yeah yeah it does require that sort of length of time to allow all of the other sort of distractions get out of the way right mm -hmm. like what are we doing why are we like on the floor all of those things and it after a few minutes have gone by uh, there's nothing left to do but tune into that exercise and right. uh, bring your curiosity I want to talk specifically about some choreography that you produced this semester on the cast of Choreolab 2019, which is a show of student choreographed work um, that I was in last semester. And you choreographed something for the entire cast of an improvisation task where or a few a few different improvisation tasks where we were focusing on what a what it means to be a thinking body. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and like where the inspiration for that task came from. And so this semester, in order to practice some of the skills that we were developing, both as choreographers and dancers, I began creating a small work for the cast, a sort of practice work, uh, which we did show at the end of the semester. And so my first question for myself, thinking about what are the skills that dancers need inside of uh, a professional dance setting, inside of a collegiate dance setting, was how do we how can we be an effective collaborator? What are the skills that we need to bring to a rehearsal setting? And my question was, what is it to be a smart dancer then? What does it look like when we walk into the studio and we're bringing our full creative self, our full intellect, all of those things? And I think that I my 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 first theory is that, a smart dancer is someone who is very curious about the work, right? That they are interested in the development of the work and they're taking in feedback and making choices. And that's both inside of rehearsal, inside of the creation of the work, and inside of performance. And so this is really where we started in terms of some improvisational work and some prompts for the dancers. Some of those first tasks were to improvise with the idea that your body has senses. And of course our body has senses, right? But we wanted to imagine maybe our elbow has ears or our knee has a nose. What would it be for the whole body to be observing, collecting feedback, making choices in the moment? And so we we're trying to embody that idea. Another task was about 
taking an inventory of our smart thinking body. And so we had a sort of an inventory dance. So we had a few uh, improvisational tasks that required dancers to constantly be collecting information and making choices as they were dancing. And we practiced those uh, improvisations over the course of several weeks so that they became known elements inside of our dance, right? I could say, please go to your body inventory dance. And that's something that all of the dancers could call up. It was, it was now a skill that they had as a, as a little chunk of dancing. And then I began to create a structure that really required dancers to make choices, right? So in particular, I'm interested in dance making that isn't about asking dancers to look like myself, especially in this particular setting. I wasn't interested in um, creating the movement. I wanted the movement to come off of the dancers' bodies themselves. And so it was very important that they were both that the dancers were both improvising and making choices within the structure. So I gave the framework. And then as an example, um, there was a moment inside of the dance, the structure said, at this point, one person will uh, step away from the group of dancers. We had about 25 people on, on stage. Uh, one person will step downstage and they have a known partner. Their duet partner will know that they need to go join them because that's their partner, and so they'll have to go join them. And then they will dance their duet. And this duet was something that we knew already. It was a fixed piece of material. But every time we we, we rehearsed or performed this score, it could have been someone else who stepped away to begin that duet. And in that moment, the person who makes the choice has to make a choice. Their partner has to make a choice. Everybody else in the the cast has to be observing and curious about what's going to happen next so that they know what the next choice is that they need to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something, I feel like there's something very interesting about the type of dance that we do, especially in improvisation, in curiosity in choices. So not only are you making the choice, but you're also curious about what choices you can make and what choices, what the implications of the choices may be, which is really interesting. And then you also... You, you mentioned this fixed material that we're doing, which is something different than dance improvisation. And it's um, interesting to think about how curiosity may be different, like how curiosity could serve a different purpose with fixed material. So in developing some fixed material, and when I say fixed, I mean that the choreography, the steps are have been decided. They've been predetermined. So we've already set what the order of movements will be. Um, this is what I mean by fixed. And one of the ways that I develop so-called fixed material with dancers is to work with movement research tasks. And I think of a sometimes I think of a Venn diagram to describe how movement research and improvisation are both similar and different, right? We might see movement research inside of improvisation. There's definitely some overlap. Uh, when we talk about movement research, we're talking about investigating material in a very curious, focused, rigorous way that's about collecting information about the material itself. So we might engage with a movement research task that, say, starts with a question, right? What are all the ways that I can make spirals in my body? 
Well, I could spiral with my spine. I could spiral starting with my fingertips and then the spiral travels through my arm. Ooh, I'm kind of twisted up now. So I'm going to let that spiral travel down through my spine to my legs. Okay. So now I have more information about, for instance, spirals inside of the body and about the ways that my body could spiral. Okay. This with the understanding that that could be useful information for developing a piece of choreography. Okay. And so movement research is about asking yourself those questions, doing the work of researching to find out what the, all of the options are, observing, cataloging the results of that research to be able to understand that little piece of material that we're engaged with, in this case, spirals. And it's really effective if we have really turned on our sort of keen observator, like a observation skills and we're curious about what the outcome is right because if I say oh well I could twist to the right that felt like a spiral I'm done thank you mm -hmm. well I only have one piece of information and my my sort of depth of understanding of that that material um, yeah isn't there mm -hmm. do you think curiosity is a skill that you like cultivate in either in real life or in dance or in both I think so. I think that curiosity is a skill to be cultivated. When I think about the work we did last semester in our creative practice class, we were working on cultivating our creativity. And part of that was cultivating artistic rigor. And when I think of rigor, it's not about being strict with yourself. It's not just about discipline, right? Although it is but not for the sake of discipline. It's, it's really, I think a rigor is about being able to return to a question again and again and again to be able to expand our um, understanding both horizontally and vertically, right? I think curiosity is at the, it's sort of at the heart of that skill, right? How, how are we going to come back to the question and be interested in the question again if we're not curious, mm -hmm. right? But thinking about our work inside of the creative practice class, um, we had some conversations inside that course about how we turn on our curiosity, right? And observing is important and making space for daydreaming is important, I think. You know, I think this is this unique moment where we could spend all day on our phones scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. There's always something else to look at. But are we also making some space to reflect, to daydream, to think about that awesome podcast we just listened to mm -hmm. or a conversation we had to digest that information and allow the ways that, you know, all the information we're taking in on a constant basis, um, what does it connect to? What does that suggest? Mm -hmm. How does that reflect back on this thing that we're working on in the studio? Mm. Allowing those things to percolate, making space for that. And then coming back to the question, whatever that question was, coming back to the question again. Mm -hmm. How do you practice curiosity when you dance or when you teach dance? As we've been talking about, curiosity comes into play when I'm teaching improvisation. It comes into play when I'm teaching creative practice. It absolutely is at play when I'm making work as a choreographer it's exactly this. How do I move forward with an, forward with an idea without curiosity? I 
uh, in my own practice, I'm moving towards things that are delicious, right? The ideas that feel like, yes, I can't wait to do that, that idea. I think that's hand in hand, the sort of something that's delicious, something that's that makes me feel curious. Mm-hmm. And that curiosity is about having a question, right? It's delicious because I've got some questions and I have something that I could research, something that I could find out. The other thing I think about inside of my teaching is that curiosity drives my practice as an educator, right? I'm constantly learning about my students. And so I'm entering every new course, every new semester, curious about who's in the room with me and how will they learn most effectively? How will I adapt my lesson plan today to the students I'm working with this semester? How will I adapt my, my goals for these students for the semester based on our work to date, all of those sorts of things. And knowing my students and being curious about their interests and their development as students and artists and people in the world, Mm -hmm. um, I think really matters in terms of being an effective educator. I do feel that. Absolutely. I the dance program is so special in the way that like the the American University dance program is so special because it is so it's not necessarily tailored to individuals per se, but it's tailored to the community. So having you be curious about the students and the connections that we make between each other and the disciplines that we are interested in is what makes my study of dance so rich and like so engaging. Um, That's great. What are the ways that you see or that you found that your curiosity is necessary or useful or Mm. um, what are the ways in which it's being engaged inside of your dance studies? I think I think on a on the most basic level, my dance practice helps me be curious just about physical sensations in my body and how my body works and what it can do. And in in tasks like movement research tasks, I'm just interested in how in in the like multitude of ways that my body can move. And it's so fascinating because there's so many ways I like constant. I feel like I could work at this my whole life, which obviously people do. And I would still be finding new ways to like move and sense in my body, which is so fascinating. And I think that the more that I do it, the more I think the more curious I become about the sensations in my body like when I sometimes some one curiosity leads to another curiosity and so the more the more I learn about how my body moves it it opens new doors for me to explore even more things about even how how my own body moves and how my body exists in space how it exists with other people um it's like an endless fountain of curiosity amazing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and does that affect how you engage with curiosity outside of dance? I think so, definitely. I it gives it gives my curiosity almost a purpose. Maybe not a purpose, but a a pathway to go about. It's the things that I'm curious about are not necessarily all dance related. 
but it gives in the way that we were talking about how dances sometimes it can act as a vessel as like a research vessel for things I find that I write down things that I'm curious about specifically like in in my dance notebooks because I'm like maybe I can explore this in the studio later so it I think it gives me just like a reason to be curious in a way and it's so interesting how you say because I'm hearing you say that curiosity is a skill um, that it's necessary and you have to kind of cultivate it and it has to be rigorous but it's also interesting to hear you say that when you are producing dance curiosity is kind of like a feeling that you have it's like a like kind of the light bulb like I, I feel that way about curiosity as well sometimes is that I it's when I'm curious about something it's not something I it's not a decision that I cognitively make it's just like a feeling that I have an inclination that I have about um just being really fascinated with something I think that's great I think it's an excellent marker mm-hmm. of where our work is mm-hmm. right if you've convinced yourself that the project you're working on is going to be about ping pong balls. This is a silly example. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, you don't feel curious about ping pong balls. Well, it might be the wrong project, right? And the moment you shift and you say, ah, it was actually about bowling balls and bowling pins. <laughs> ah, now I'm really interested about how does that work? How does the ball come back? Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Now uh, I think you can absolutely sort of sense the, the difference, right? And it's a great marker for when you're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that dancing makes you a more curious person? Hmm. Or that dancing helps you practice curiosity? It definitely helps me practice curiosity. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it brings me back to my artist self. Dance is a way to research the world. It's a way to understand the world. It's a way to process the world. It's it's all of those things. It's the practice that I've chosen. And yes, it is the vehicle through which um, I get to practice being curious and having an outlet for that curiosity. Yeah, that's wonderful. I feel the same way. It's I think it's maybe it's what draws us to dance is that we are people who or like dancers are people who embody curiosity through movement and through physical experiences. Yes, I mean, I think that's, we haven't exactly touched on that point, right? Mm -hmm. But we, inside of dance, we're embodying our curiosity, right? It's not just that we're finding a way to practice being curious, but that it's a a physical practice Mm -hmm. um, and a physical way of uh, engaging with the world, understanding the world, researching the world. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right, wonderful. So we have the big jar of wannabe analogies. So we each choose one analogy or one one thing out of the jar and then we talk about how it is curious or how it could be curious. Okay. So yeah. What did you get? I got paper clips. Mm. I got whistling. Wow. Mm. Are we looking for a connection? Yeah. Like, what is, how is whistling an analogy for curiosity? Oh, my. Or how is a paperclip an analogy for curiosity? But we're not looking for a connection between paperclips and and whistling? No. Okay. We could if we found one, (laughs) but we don't have to. Okay. I think whistling is like curiosity, maybe in the fact that sometimes you do it when you're, it's kind of mindless. You're just like walking down the street and whistling. 
And sometimes curiosity, like I was saying in my introduction, is that sometimes curiosity, I find that I'm, I am just curious without thinking about it. Um, so maybe whistling is like curiosity and that you don't have to think about it too hard sometimes. I like that. Okay, paper clips are like curiosity in that we have, to, when you want to use a paper clip, uh, sometimes it fits the stack of papers and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. And sometimes it's more useful by unfolding it. Like sometimes it's the pokey end that's the most useful part. Um, and I think there's something about how curiosity is adaptable and shifting and also leads us uh, into tangential thinking and um, shortcuts, side alleys, divergent uh, pathways, all of those things. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Erin. Thank you so much for having me, It's really wonderful. Thank you. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or if you want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online or on demand at WERA.FM. You can hear all the previous shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to Be Curious, and at the website choosetobecurious.com. I hope you'll follow the show there and on Twitter at choose, the number two, letter B, curious. Don't forget to send us your paperclip and whistling analogies, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to Aaron Foreman-Murray for joining us today for such an insightful conversation about dance improvisation and curiosity. Our theme music is thanks to Sean Ballack. I hope you'll join us again next time. And until then, choose to be curious. How might you bring rigor to your curiosity about who is in the room with you? Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter.